Stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Matthew, chapter number 11. The book of Matthew, chapter number 11. Uh, if you're brand new to the church this morning, let me just tell you that every year, right at the end of the year, I, I get alone with God and, and I begin to pray and ask God for direction for the coming year. Sometimes God gives me specific direction, not always, but usually I, I received that from the Lord. This time I did, and that is, I, be, I believe the Lord told me to declare the year 2016 as a year of prayer. And so we are preaching about prayer. We are making special opportunities for prayer meeting, by the way, from, from noon to one. Every Wednesday, uh, the church is open for prayer, and we appreciate those that have been coming. Uh, those of you that cannot get here, we encourage you to pray on your lunch hour, uh, and uh, and I believe God's answering prayer. We're going to have some special uh, other. We're going to have an all night prayer meeting this year. Don't get too too worried about that. It's going to be awesome. It'll go by just like that. I promise you. And uh, just some incredible things. But we are believing God uh, as God has just blessed this church incredibly this past year. The last couple of years for sure. The last 13 actually. But last year was just an incredible year of, 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 of attendance. New people coming in. And I believe that's going to continue. But I believe the greatest growth this year is going to be in the spiritual realm of the church. And so we're believing God for that. We're going to have some special uh uh, services I call Power Encounters, and going to have uh, Brother Doug Eccles. We all, most of us know him. He's going to come a couple of extra nights this year. We're going to have an incredible time in the presence in the presence of God, and we're just looking forward to all that God has for us. Well, we are currently in a series, as I said, about prayer, and today is sermon number four. Our text this morning is Matthew chapter number eleven and verse number. 24. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I'm going to read that again. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Well, how come not all of our prayers are answered or at least in the affirmative? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about roadblocks to answered prayer. Roadblocks to answered prayer. Father, we thank you for what you, you have done. We thank you for what you are doing. And we thank you for what you have planned for us. God, I just pray today as we endeavor to deliver the word that you have burned within our spirit and within our heart today. God, I pray, Lord, that the anointing will be heavy upon us today. God, not only upon us, but upon the hearer today. God, may they hear the Spirit of the Lord speak to them uh, uh, directly this morning. And God, again, I pray that we will not just be hearers, but we will become doers of your word. We will put in practice what we receive and what we hear today. We ask all of these things in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated. This morning. May I just begin this morning by saying that God answers prayer. How many believe that statement this morning? God answers prayer. Now, sometimes the answer is delayed. Sometimes our requests are denied. Sometimes our actions produce roadblocks that hinder us from getting our prayers 
answered. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Now, most people uh, teach that God answers prayer in one of three ways. That when God answers our prayer, he either says yes, or he says no, or he says not now. I teach that God answers prayer in one of five ways. I believe sometimes that God says yes, and sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says not now. And sometimes God says, hey, I have a better plan. But I also believe that surely sometimes uh, God answers our prayer by saying, what? You want me to do what? Are you out of your ever-loving mind? How many believe God must answer prayer? I don't know if he really does or not, but I'm sure he wants to. Amen. This morning I want to suggest four roadblocks to answered prayer. Four things in our lives that hinder God from responding to us in prayer, at least in the manner in which we would want him to. The first roadblock I want to talk about this morning is what I call impaired relationships. By the way, the Fill in the blank outline is on the back of the bulletin this morning if you want to follow along and fill in the blanks. The first roadblock to answered prayer we're talking about this morning is what I call impaired relationships. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 7, it says, Husbands, give honor to your wives. Treat them with understanding. Treat them as uh, you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. So that what? So that your prayers will not be hindered? You're telling me that, 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 that if I don't treat my wife right, if I don't have my relationship in my marriage right, that, that God may not answer my prayer? I didn't say that, but the Word of God says that. Impaired relationships or a roadblock, or a hindrance to answered prayer. Mark chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus said, when you pray, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. And he tells us the reason. He said, so that, say so that. So that your Father in heaven will forgive you. But, say but. Jesus said, but if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. So notice two things this morning that we learned from these two verses that, that we've read this morning. Number one, this morning, conflict with man will affect your communion with God. Conflict with man will affect your communion with God. Impaired relationships cause roadblocks in our prayer life. Let me say this morning, and I've already alluded to it, but, but you cannot have constant conflict in your marriage and expect to enjoy sweet communion with God. Husbands, you can't treat your wife bad and then expect God to hear you when you pray. And wives, you can't manipulate your husband through sex or through whining or any other way and have a productive prayer life. Impaired relationships put a roadblock in our prayer life. 
That goes on and on this morning. We could talk about this, and that is that you can't, you can't be an unfair boss. You cannot be an unkind friend. You cannot be a, a disgruntled church member that is always at the center of controversy in the church. You can't do that and have a successful prayer life. You see, how we treat other people has a huge effect on how God responds to us when we pray. But not only will conflict with man affect our communion with God, also our lack of compassion toward man causes God to have a lack of compassion toward us. Mark 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 25 and 26 that we read a moment ago says that when we pray, if we realize that we have something in our heart against somebody... Jesus said we are to forgive them right then and there. Apology or no apology. Change in behavior or no change in behavior. We are to forgive them right then and there as an act of our will. Well, Pastor, when, they, when, when their attitude changes, well, pa- Pastor, when, you know, when they stop acting the way they're acting, Pastor, when they get on their knees and, beg, for my, and beg, me for my, beg me for forgiveness, and I will, no, 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 right then and there, whether you get a, an apology or not, whether, whether things change or whether things do not change, as an act of your will, if you want God to hear you when you pray, amen, you better have forgiveness in your heart for everybody. Because Jesus said that if we don't, If we don't forgive the people that we have something in our heart against, if we don't forgive, then Jesus said we might as well stop praying right then and there because our prayers will not be effective. And even worse than that, he said that God will not forgive us of our trespasses against him. Jesus said if I don't forgive you when you wrong me, that that if I don't forgive you, that God won't forgive me. I think we better be in the forgiving business, amen? Impaired relationships are a roadblock to answered prayer. How we treat other people is how God is going to treat us. It's the law of sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. You might say, Pastor, why? Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Well, perhaps you have some impaired relationships. Well, I ask you this morning, how's your relationship with your family? How's your relationship with your friends? How's your relationship with your co-workers? Are they healthy or are they unhealthy? Let me ask you this this morning. Do you have anger or bitterness or jealousy or resentment in your heart towards somebody? If so, this could be a roadblock that hinders God from answering your prayer or perhaps that he will not even listen to you when you pray. Talking about roadblocks to answered prayer. The first one is impaired relationships. The second one I want to talk about today is impure motives. Impure motives. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 2 says, People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Impure motives cause a roadblock to appear on the road of prayer. Let me suggest this morning, there are many, many more, but let me suggest just three of many impure motives for prayer. We are praying, but we are praying with impure motives, perhaps. The first one is greed. 
James chapter 4 and verse number 3 says, You ask God for things, and he doesn't give them to you because, because why, James? Because your motive, your motives are all wrong, James writes. He said, you only, you want only what will give you pleasure. James says, you ask and you don't receive because you are asking with impure motives. The motive agreed. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 20 says, the eyes of man are never satisfied. The eyes of men are never satisfied. For most people, the only thing they want is what they don't have. <laughs> That's all they want, it's just what they don't have. All they want is just more than they have. And no matter how much they have, just a little bit more. Write this down this morning if you're taking notes. God promised to supply all your need, not all your greed. The Bible says, my God shall supply all of your need according unto his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But God promised to supply all your need, not all your greed. Now, please, please understand this. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying this morning. There's a difference in greed and desire. There's a difference in, in greed and desire. Greed is desire out of control. Greed is desire on steroids. Greed is an inordinate desire. See, desire in and of itself is not wrong. God gave us our desires. God gave us our appetites. But it's when we fail to control these desires, it's when we fail to control these appetites that greed rears its ugly head. Greed is an impure motive. Greed will become a roadblock to answered prayer. James chapter 4 and verse number 3 in the King James Version, it says it like this, Ye ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, you ask that you might consume it upon your lusts. Notice another impure motive this morning. Another impure motive is pride. Pride. Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. Jesus said, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will will reward you openly. I want you to notice the phrase, that they might be seen by men. They love to stand on the street corners and pray publicly that they might be seen by men. Of men. Their motive for praying is to be seen of men. Their motive for praying is pride. And Jesus said, they, got their, they get their reward. Their reward is that people think they're spiritual. They don't get their prayer answered. They just get the, you know, accolades from people thinking, wow, aren't they spiritual? 
I had a man in my church years ago, not in this church, but a man in my church many years ago who would never come to our special prayer meetings. Even though we had them weekly, he never showed up to the weekly prayer meeting. But come Sunday, when all the people gathered, he loved to somehow get a hold of the microphone and appear to be all spiritual. I'm not sure his prayers got heard. Pride is an improper motive, and God spots pride a mile away. Write this down this morning. Effective prayer... Effective prayers, plural, effective prayers are those heard by God, not seen by man. Effective prayers are those heard by God, not seen by man. Another impure motive is selfishness. Selfishness, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 5. Paul writes, and he says, let each of you, number, let me back up to verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I believe that often we think we are praying for others when actually we are praying with selfish motives. For instance, or as example, we pray for our friend's marriage so they'll stop ruining our evenings together with their bickering. We pray for our kids to get better jobs. So they'll quit asking us for money. We pray for our ministries to grow. So that we can brag about how successful it is, which makes us look successful. I think oftentimes when we think we are praying for someone else, we are actually somehow praying with selfish motives. Selfishness is an impure motive. Impure motives cause roadblocks that hinder our prayers from being answered. David knew this. David knew this. And this is one reason why he prayed in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. And David prays to God and he says, search me, O God. Oh God, he says, know my heart. And he prays, try me and know my anxieties. And he continues to pray and David prays, God, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I believe that would be an excellent prayer for you and I to pray ourselves. Oh, we need to pray. When we pray, we need to pray, God, examine my heart today, oh God. And God, examine my motives. And we need to pray, God, if my motives are impure, reveal those impure motives to me and help me develop pure motives in my life. 
And God, when I pray for others, help my prayer to actually be for others and not somehow twisted uh, to be selfish and for myself. Oh, I may benefit from your answering my prayer on their behalf, but let that simply be a, a side blessing. Let that simply be a benefit. Let that simply be icing on the cake. Oh, God, help my motives be pure. Let's look at another roadblock to answered prayer this morning. Impure living, or improper living, excuse me, improper, improper living. Did you know how we live our lives has great influence on how God responds to us when we pray? Pastor, you're going to get all legalistic on us? No, not. Listen, God loves us, and God's love for us doesn't change based on our actions, no response. God loves us and God's love for us doesn't change because of our actions. But the way he responds to our prayer does. We can't make God love us more or less through our actions. But I'm going to tell you what, we can let, we can, uh, God will listen to us or not listen to us based on our actions. Bible's very clear here. Two things I want you to know it's under this point this morning. Number one, God's ears are open to the righteous. God's ears are open to the righteous. First Peter chapter 3 and verse number 12 says, The eyes of the Lord are watching over those who do right. Those who what? And his ears are open to their prayers. So what did he say here? God's ears are open to those who do right. Doesn't affect his love. His love is unfailing. Unstoppable. But it changes how he responds to us and how he listens to us or doesn't. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, The earnest heartfelt prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. Notice the phrase, of a righteous man. God's ears are open to the righteous. People who love God, people who strive to please Him, oh, people who strive to walk according to His Word, these people, these people, say these people, these people, oh, can be assured that when they call upon their God in prayer, that their God's ears are open to their prayer. And not only will God hear them, but He will go to work on their behalf. Now, he may or he may not answer their prayer, oh, in in the way that they want him to or in the way that they think that he should, but he will answer. Oh, he will go to work for them. He will respond to them. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, call, oh, call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Subject today is roadblocks to answered prayers. See, although God wants to answer our prayers, oftentimes we erect roadblocks that stand in the way and hinder Him from from responding to us. And improper living is a roadblock. Let's go on with this this morning. According to Scripture, according to Scripture, God's ears are closed to the unrighteous. 
The scripture says God's ears are open to the righteous, but it also says God's ears are closed to the unrighteous. Isaiah 59 and 2 says, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and he will not listen anymore. And the psalmist said in Psalm 66 and verse 18, he said, if I had not confessed the sin in my, in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Truth is, you cannot have a productive prayer life with sin in your life. Truth is, you cannot chase after the world and chase after God at the same time. You can't do it successfully. And although no one is perfect and everybody sins, because sin simply means to miss the mark. How many of you have ever missed the mark? How many of you missed the mark this morning? I'm not talking about living a perfect life. Everybody sins because sin simply means to miss the mark. But if we want God to hear us when we pray, if we want our prayer life to be effective, we will strive to please God with the way we conduct our lives and the way that we live our life. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 through 13. I love this passage. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 through 13. Let me read it to you. Paul writes to the Ephesian church and he said, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Isn't it interesting that he listed greed right along immorality and impurity? He says such sins have no place among God's people. But he goes on to say obscene stories. You know those that are told around the coffee pot and the water fountain at work? Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. You know, when you start a joke by saying, I really shouldn't tell you this, but well, you really shouldn't tell them that. <laughs> Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, these are not for you. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now, say now, but now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Notice this next phrase, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Listen to this. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. Notice the final roadblock to answered prayer that we're going to talk about this morning. That is, I call it immobile faith. Immobile 
faith. Matthew chapter 13, verse 58 says, Jesus did not do many mighty works there. Why did Jesus not do many mighty works there? He was a miracle worker. Why? It says because of their unbelief. Even Jesus could not do and did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. James chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 says, Ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. And James chapter 2 verse 17 and 18 says, Faith without works or faith without action is dead. And James says, some say, you, you have faith and I have works. He said, show me your faith without your works. He said, but I will show you my faith by my works. See, prayers not, not prayed in faith are useless. Faith without action is not faith at all. I, I love the old story of the pastor that called a special prayer meeting because of drastic drought conditions in their part of the country. And as the people gathered for prayer for that special prayer meeting, the pastor looked around at those who gathered to pray for rain, and he immediately, immediately dismissed the prayer meeting. And somebody yelled from the congregation, but pastor, we we haven't even prayed yet. And the pastor responded and said, there's no use to pray. There's no use to pray. Because no one here has real faith. Because I don't even see one umbrella. You come to pray for rain and you don't bring an umbrella, there's no need to pray. Because you're not expecting God to hear your prayer. Immobile faith or faith without action is a roadblock or hindrance to answered prayer. Let, Let me give you two suggestions on how to defeat uh, immobile faith. And then we're going to be done this morning. Two, two suggestions on how to defeat immobile, immobile faith. Number one, you need to feed your faith. Feed your faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 26. Paul writes and he says, when you assemble together, or he's talking about having church. So he says, when you come together for church, he said, one is going to have a psalm and somebody else is going to have a teaching and somebody else is going to have a message in tongues and somebody else is going to have the interpretation of the message in tongues. And then, he, and then he says, let all things be done for edification. Feed your faith. How do you feed your faith? You feed your faith one way, by coming to the house of the Lord on a consistent basis. Did you know that today, people that come twice a month are counted faithful? We used to call them part-time people, but now we call them the faithful. I'm telling you. No, I know what I could say next, but I'm just trying to be nice. Amen. Feed your faith by coming to the house of the Lord on a consistent basis. Oh, oh, being in the presence of the Lord, hearing God's word read and hearing God's word taught and and ministered and and preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, joining in corporate worship. Oh, oh, listening to what the Spirit has uh, to say to the church. Amen. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is one way of feeding your 
faith. Because circumstances and situations and, and just life in general tends to drain our faith. Faith, if it is to remain active, must be fed. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 and 12 says that God has given gifts to the church. What are the gifts to the church, Paul? He lists them, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. You're looking at God's gift to the grace place. I'm your gift. Don't you just love your gift this morning? God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? All of these gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, all of these ministries and ministers are gifts to the church and to the saints in the church. Verse number 12 says what their purpose is. And the purpose of these fivefold ministers in ministry is to equip the saints for the work of ministry and the Bible says to edify or to build up the saints. So my, my responsibility and my job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. My job is to encourage you in the things of the Lord. So I encourage you today to feed your faith by, by exposing yourself to godly, doctrinally sound ministers and ministries. There's never been a day when the, when, 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 when the opportunity to, to listen to incredible ministry uh, is so readily available as it is today. The podcasts that are out there, the things that are on, on internet, man. It's incredible what's, what's out there. I must say be very, very careful who you listen to. Because there's a lot of flakes out there. Do you know what qualifies them for getting, uh, especially radio and television, what qualifies them for getting on the air? <laughs> they pay the bill, they get on the air, amen. <laughs> no matter how loud they quack, amen, they can... <laughs> They can get on there and quack all they want as long as they pay the... Be very, very careful who you listen to. There are a lot of flakes out there. But there is some incredible ministry available as well. Another way to feed your faith is found in Jude chapter... Or in Jude, it's just one chapter book, verse number 20. And Jude says to build yourselves up. Okay, okay, how am I going to edify myself? How am I going to build myself up? He said, build yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. See, people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, we are a full gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever title you want to put on us. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that a person who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the first evidence that they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit is that they speak in other tongues or speak in another language that is not of their origin and that they did not learn. But supernaturally, the Holy Spirit speaks through them in this language. People who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit receive a prayer language called tongues. We believe that's the initial physical evidence or the first outward sign that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues. It's separate from salvation. The Holy Spirit comes into us at salvation, but there is another experience available. We call it the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then we speak in other tongues. How many clears mud this morning on that? Okay. But that 
initial physical evidence or that first outward sign of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in another tongue or another language, that is an evidence that lets you know you've been baptized in the Spirit, but that doesn't stop there. It is also what we call a prayer language. A prayer language. Paul said, I will pray with the... With, with, with my understanding, but I'll also pray with the Spirit. I will pray in what I, how I know to pray in my native tongue, but I will also pray in tongues. And so if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that wasn't just a one-time experience. But every time you pray, every time you pray, you should pray everything you can pray in English, but then before you quit praying, you ought to, you ought to pray in that prayer language. Because the Bible says, and Jude says, that we can build up our faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? Five of you do. Amen. Now, let me say this this morning. Let me say this this morning. If you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of other tongues, you can still pray in the power of the Spirit. You can still pray in the power of the Spirit. You can still ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for you. He is our intercessor. And you can ask him to intercede for you and to help you pray as you ought to pray. And as the Holy Spirit comes on you when you pray, you will feed your faith. Another way to defeat uh, immobile faith is to doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. And you can only do this by understanding the source of doubt. The source of doubt. And there are two sources of doubt. Number one is self. Self. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding." How many know that logic gets in the way of faith sometimes? See, God, God seldom works through logic. Just read his word and you'll see. Our own insecurities get in the way of faith sometimes. Two sources of doubt. Number one is self. Number two is Satan. How many know that Satan established his devil business on the premise of doubt? In Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1, Satan said to to Eve, uh, did God really say? Are you sure? Do you think God really said that? Have you looked it up in the original? Did God really say? Is that what God really meant? From the very beginning of the creation of man, Satan tried to plant tiny seeds of doubt in his mind. John 10 and 10 says Satan comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. And he begins this process with doubt. See, doubt has the potential to eventually derail our faith. And and one of the major causes of immobile faith is doubt. Here's the good news this morning. If we remind ourselves of the sources of doubt, we can doubt our doubts. Amen. If we can get the musicians and singers who are supposed to be up here, don't know who they are, whoever they are, come on up. Our takeaway this morning, our takeaway this morning, we will remove the roadblocks 
by aligning ourselves with God's Word. Remove the roadblocks. Remove the hindrances, the roadblocks that stand between you and God, that stand between God hearing and answering your prayer. Remove the roadblocks by aligning yourself with God's Word. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. See, when we pray according to the will of God, He hears us. When we align ourselves with the Word of God, we will pray in accordance to the will of God. Amen? Amen. Father, I just pray today you'll take this teaching this morning, this ministry this morning. God, no doubt there are people here today, many perhaps, Lord, that there are roadblocks that are standing in their way. Maybe they've wondered why. Why doesn't God hear? He... Man, you know, God, uh, Pastor talks about when God heard his prayer. Sister Dawn talks about when God heard prayer. You know, Sean gets up here and talks about answered prayer that people tell him. And why don't God answer my prayer? Well, maybe there's a roadblock. Maybe there's a roadblock. Maybe there's a hindrance. Maybe God hadn't even heard your prayer yet because of the roadblock that is keeping the prayer from getting to God. This morning, we need to remove those roadblocks. So that when we pray, God will hear and God will answer. Would you stand with me this morning all over this room? Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today. How many of you this morning would lift a hand? And by lifting a hand, what you are saying with your lifted hand is, I've identified roadblocks a roadblock or more than one but I've, I, I, I have identified or the Holy Spirit has shown me roadblocks every head is bowed, every eye is closed roadblocks in my, in my prayer life, in my life that hinders God from hearing and answering my prayer and I want to remove those roadblocks today can I see your hand all over the room this morning how many alright there's hands lifted in, in every in every uh, Every section, your heads are bowed, or your hands are down now. Your heads are bowed still, and your eyes are still closed. The greatest hindrance or roadblocked prayer, prayer, of course, is sin. Sin. You're here this morning. You've never confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never placed your faith, trust, hope, confidence in what He did for you on the cross for your salvation. Or there is sin in your life this morning that you know is hindering you from from God's best for your life and that you know that is hindering you from God answering your prayer this morning or even from hearing your prayer this morning. If if that's you this morning, nobody's looking. Would you lift your hand this morning? Have sin in my life this morning. God bless you, young man. Put your hand down now. How many others this morning? How many others today? Thank you back on my far left. Thank you the others this morning. If you're in the back, raise it. All right, thank you, young man in the front. How many others this morning? 
All right, the three that raised their hand this morning, I want you to pray this prayer with me this morning. There's no magic in a prayer, but it is the avenue, it is the vehicle that we use to get into the presence of God and the vehicle we use to communicate what's in our heart. I don't want just the three that lifted their hand to pray this. I want everyone to pray it so that they're not singled out this morning. But pray it not just from your lips. Those three of you, don't just pray it from your lips, but mean it in your heart. Make the prayer that I'm helping you, make that your genuine prayer, and God will hear you today. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I recognize I have sin in my life. Your word says, sin separates man from God. I don't want to be separate, separated from you. I recognize my sin today. I confess my sin today. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I place my trust, my faith, my hope, my confidence in the grace of God for my salvation. In what Jesus did for me on the cross. If you prayed this prayer in all sincerity, God heard your prayer. He forgave you of your sin today. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life today, I encourage you to continue your walk with the Lord, your communion with Him. Amen.